0: Hello, welcome to Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets Mindful. I'm Nikki Eisenhower, life coach and psychotherapist, and your host. And on today's episode, I'm discussing guilt, shame, and snapping, how to cope with day-to-day mistakes. Most of this audience is made up of highly sensitive people, survivors, and empaths or people who love them. So not just in this COVID virus situation where we're in homes, we're kind of on top of each other, we're not going out into the world, we're not socializing with each other. It's really easy to have irritability and anxieties rise as we great on each other and irritate each other, even people we love very much. We're not getting sort of the breathing rum that all of us are used to. Even in our everyday normal life before this virus, HSPs, empaths, and survivors, what a lot of us are dealing with are either finely tuned and or raw nervous systems. And one of the things highly sensitive people don't seem to put together is that irritability isn't just irritability for the sake of irritability. It's often anxiety and we don't really know how to identify it as anxiety or as maybe a low-grade continued stress that starts to bubble up to the surface. So I think understanding that really helps us understand what's going on there. And it's important to understand these feelings. So many people the the inspiration for this show comes from a question a mother asked me in Lindsay matthews birth fit group on facebook i was invited into that group to answer some questions a few weeks ago and to try to help people in their coping in this new virus situation so many moms and dads are snapping at their kids and you may hear this episode if you're a parent as a way to have some tips to deal with this with your children. But this is also for sensitive people and survivors to hear this episode to be able to tend to their own inner psyche, their own inner child, their own wounded parts. Now, in mental health over the last few years, we've done a better job, I think, talking about shame resistance as an issue. We know how devastating carrying around shame can be. But in many ways, many times, I find myself thinking, maybe we have gone too far. Because all of our feelings have some value for us. We certainly think about our feelings in our generalized day-to-day as good feelings and bad feelings, don't we? But when we get a little deeper in feelings work, none of these feelings are bad. They just, some of them are uncomfortable. Some of them suck. We don't want to feel them. And guilt and shame are certainly on the top of that list. But there's appropriate shame. When we snap at somebody and feel a little guilty, that is an awesome feeling. That is our moral compass that's trying to ping us for a correction. Anyone who has been hurt by a narcissist or a sociopath, they don't have appropriate shame. And we can really see and experience and understand how that informs their life and their behavior. Now, as an HSP empath, it's been very important in my life to really dig deep and understand shame because the goal isn't that I'm trying to never ever feel that or not have that. That's impossible, especially as a high empathy person. But there's freedom and there's wisdom in learning what to do with that feeling and to allow that feeling to cue change and difference in behavior. So feeling that shame when we've done something wrong, when we've lashed out at someone, when we've snapped because we have a headache or because we're tired, that is a really healthy feeling to feel. So I'm mindful that I don't want HSPs to compound their guilt and shame. So here I am I snap at somebody and then I feel guilty or shameful or what's wrong with me the negative self-talk the self lashing might start And all of that is shame And then I might feel shameful that I'm feeling shameful And then that's just going to make me more irritable more raw more likely to snap again So we wind up having this real self-sabotaging process with this dynamic and sort of doubling down on our guilt and shame. And if I've hurt somebody with my tone or with snapping, it doesn't do anything for them to hurt myself with shame, to self-lash. And it doesn't do good things for me. It's kind of sitting on the pity pot or digging the hole deeper. Not useful, not necessary. But many of us haven't had Healthy things around this dynamic modeled and have had really unhealthy things modeled. So I want to go over some simple do's and don'ts. And believe it or not, y'all, this is boundaries work. This work is about internal boundaries work. And this is where we start in my course that starts in October. If you're interested in finding out more about that course that starts in October where I teach live, come to emotionalbadass.com backslash boundaries. You can use earlybird2020 as a coupon code to get $100 off the full price of the course, or you can pick super affordable payment plans. Okay, so let's start with the don'ts. If we've hurt someone, ourselves or a young child, we don't want to over explain with too many words or heavy concepts. We want to keep our explanations age appropriate, not just for the children in our lives, but for our own inner psyche. Often you'll hear me advocate to get into the gray, to let go of black or white or all or nothing thinking that dysfunction lives at the poles, And I believe that most of the time, but sometimes we really need things to be simple. And as we're learning what it is to make mistakes in our humanity and to apologize to others and to ourselves and to learn to break those patterns that can seem really automatic, like a crappy tone, like lashing out or being passive aggressive, there's a lot of growth work for us to do that isn't so much in the gray and is very simple because we're learning it If we're adults, often with our inner child at an earlier age or earlier time period. So it's not that we can't understand the complexity. It's that we benefit psychologically from allowing this part to be simple. Hope that made sense. So another don't. Don't play semantics with yourself or with somebody else if you've done something hurtful. I hear this and have this conversation a lot with parents, really good parents who love their kids and work really hard to be good parents. They'll get into semantics, sometimes with a six-year-old or an eight-year-old or a 10-year-old or a 12-year-old, and they'll say they'll try to split hairs like, I didn't say you were a little shit. I said you were acting like a little shit. And I'm here to tell you that the human psyche does not care about those semantics And it takes it in to the system, as in, I am shit. And playing semantics will only really teach your children to manipulate with words. And in ownership, that is a sort of crafty way that we minimize. I'm from Louisiana, and I've just heard more Louisiana people do this than the average person, so that might also be a southern thing or a specifically Louisiana thing. Don't glaze over it like it didn't even happen, being passive or conflict avoidant. Because what does that teach your inner psyche? Whatever we practice, we grow stronger. I don't want my avoidant part to get stronger. I want my dealing part to get stronger, my parts that can cope. I want that to get my energy, not my inner avoider. And I don't want to teach anybody in my world That when something goes wrong or I do something wrong, that I just hop over it as if it didn't happen. That is not taking responsibility. And it may be scary. You may not know how to address it because you might have not seen anyone address it ever before in your life. That's what I had to admit to myself in my own healing early in my 20s. It was so very hard for me to apologize back then. For a long time, I thought I must be a bad person. Something is wrong with me because it is so hard for me to get over some kind of wall inside of me and apologize without defending or without trying to minimize. And what I had to face was that that was not some kind of problem in me. The thing that I had to acknowledge was that, as crazy as it sounds, I had rarely, rarely, rarely had anyone in my life show me a healthy apology. So what I was essentially doing to myself and maybe what you catch yourself doing to yourself is I was telling myself that I should know how to do something, apologize, that I had never really been exposed to. And that's really kooky to give ourselves that kind of message. It's impossible. That would be like me speaking French when I've never even heard it. And to tell myself I'm a bad person because I should know how to do that. Not just narcissists and sociopaths and low empathy types don't apologize. Lots of older generation dynamics and parenting strategies were about sort of never losing face. Never admitting that you didn't know what you were doing that being an adult or being a parent culturally in America and in other cultures was really about always looking like you were in control. That's where those phrases come from. Don't do as I do, do as I say. Like, I'm going to just tell people, but I'm going to do my own thing.
1: Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about pivotal moments in history? If so, then try my new podcast, Of Giza, there's also a six-part series about the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to calmhistory.com.
0: So this is why we lean into some of this work. And at first it might seem like, what, I know how to apologize if I make a mistake, sorry. I'm talking about a deeper... Not just apology, but opportunity. Don't expect yourself to be perfect as you work on this dynamic. Don't beat yourself up for these slips. Learning from mistakes is not the same as beating yourself up or acting mopey. What I can ask of you is if this episode is resonating, you might want to take a beat to do a little bit of journaling. How did your parents behave If they made a mistake in front of you, if a parent did something wrong, what energy did they give you? What did you see? What did you witness? What were you told? What did you learn? Now, what you can do after making these very human mistakes that we all make is we can allow the black and white simplicity here, especially the younger the child or the younger your inner child. And what I want to offer is that timeouts are not age limited. And I wonder if your ego bristles when I say that. And that might be some of that older school parenting. What? I don't give myself a timeout. I'm an adult. That's for children. Timeouts are for many things. Adults need timeouts too. So as we feel this feeling of guilt and shame, what it says to me very often is that I was tired or I was anxious or I was fed up or I was distracted or I felt stressed and I didn't catch it in time to practice some self care. So here came a person and I lashed out. So the learning is, ooh, I get to get ahead of my irritability. That's what self care is. And by time out, I mean if I'm tired. I might need to go lay down and close my eyes for five minutes and breathe. I might need just a downward dog from a yoga class and 10 breaths as a timeout, especially if we're introverted. We need those breaks to reset our nervous system. And this is about catching ourselves when we start to feel it go two, three, four, five on a scale of 10. And we can start to observe as the observers we naturally are and the mindfulness that we lean into practicing, we can observe, Ooh, all right, where do I snap? Do I only snap at a 10 or do I start to get a little edge in my voice at about a seven? Okay, then I need to break away, go for a little breather, maybe at about a five, that's how mindfulness works. It's we get outside of ourselves to be able to witness and watch ourselves, to observe. And from that observation, we can learn, Ooh, this is exactly where I can be a little different right here. Ah, if I do something at this spot, those irritability dominoes will not fall. And what a beautiful thing to make timeouts for yourself and for any children that witness this with you. Not punitive, not punishment, not bad, bad, shame on you, but very uplifted and in the light of day and proactive instead of reactive. What a beautiful thing to be able to teach a child that when they start to hit about a five, that they can go take a little breather. I've talked about this before. I can't remember how long ago. But I saw this teaching kids yoga, that when you model taking a little time out, kids learn that it's okay. There's nothing threatening about saying, oh, I'm in a bad mood. I'm going to go over here and sit down for a minute. And that is where we get to show self-regulation. We don't learn those things as human beings because someone tells us what to do, that we should take a time out. We learn that because we witness a parent doing that in front of us. What would have been different for you if a parent could have looked at you and said, I'm so sorry, I made a mistake, and then put effort and energy into really working on that? How impactful might that have been? This is why I say there's opportunity in these really uncomfortable moments. So let me talk about what else we can do. I want you to understand and consider when you get triggered or a little bit irritable, what are you more likely to do? Are you more likely to have fight or flight activated? Because if it's fight, you're more liable to mouth off. Let's be real. That's how it happens. And if you're flight, you're more likely to just go inward and shut down and avoid conflict. Knowing what you have the propensity to do will help you know where you need to lean into. Because those of us with a little more fight that comes out with ease, we need to stay ahead of that. We see this in dog training, that we don't want to try to get the dog to calm down when it's at a level 10 barking and just freaking out. We want to keep that dog below threshold. And that means we want to get in there and not give him the opportunity to bark and lose his mind and go off so we want to do that as people too is help ourselves if we have a strong fighter stay under threshold and if we have more flight and we want to run away and we can do that physically with our feet or we can do that internally by sort of going away from the external world and going internal And if that's what happens, then you can breathe and practice healthily being able to stay more outward in that moment and speak your mind or speak up or take the break that you need to be able to come back and do so and gather yourself. Do understand that this is an opportunity to help your kids not develop codependency. You can see the natural inclination in little human beings to soothe any adult that they see is upset. So often if I am apologizing to a child, immediately that child, especially if it's a highly sensitive child, will go, it's okay, as if they're trying to erase the blackboard of the uncomfortableness there. So huge opportunity over time to plant these seeds of sort of undependency because I want to let that kiddo know Hey, you don't have to try to make me feel better. I did something wrong. And I'm not supposed to feel awesome and great and happy when I do something wrong. When I have bad behavior, I'm supposed to feel bad. That's the right feeling to have. This feeling is making me think about my behavior and how I can be different. That's why we have funky feelings. Thank you for wanting me to feel better that's very sweet. I will feel better soon, but it's okay for me to feel a little guilty and sad that I had a mean moment. That is how we model and show ownership of our emotions and ownership of our mistakes. And it's how we validate feelings, separating feelings from behavior I was tired and grumpy and that's okay, but I need to do better at taking a break and not snapping at you. That's my job. And it's okay that I get tired or grumpy sometimes. Everybody does. The feelings are okay, but bad behavior is not. Remember that mistakes are human and above all else are opportunities for growth. Release shame and guilt via honest growth and a recommitment to that growth over and over and over again. We are creatures of pattern and because our nervous systems are involved in these types of irritational responses, it takes a lot to break these patterns and I want you to know that and understand it because it sounds really simple as I'm saying it and it is. But it's simple, it's not easy, and it takes commitment over and over and over again. And sometimes the progress in this regard can be slower than some other things that show us more progress. This is a very important one to stay the course so that you can witness your own shifts over time in softening this edge and softening this response. This is our humanity And we can be proud of how we learn from mistakes and proud of how we evolve. What a beautiful, amazing thing to model for a child. Was that modeled for you? What if you model that for yourself if you didn't receive that as a child? Learning from the mistakes and evolving, this is what makes the guilt and shame subside. And that's as it should be. That's why we feel shame in the first place. Not to bog us down or drown us in it, but to encourage us to make this uncomfortable change and to face this uncomfortable truth. We've all known people who don't grow, who stuff shame and guilt, creating depression, resentment, walls and blocks to intimacy and authentic relating. I've certainly spent some of my lifetime in that mode. I think most of us do when we don't see growth, when growth isn't normalized. This show is edited and sort of curated. It's important to me to clearly articulate and own that if you see me live in the boundary course or in the monthly live stream webinar we do on our Patreon, or if you work with me individually, or if you've popped in even to the newest pandemic pep talks, that you're going to catch me making a mistake or screwing something up. And I work very hard to own that right in the moment in front of people. Don't always do it perfectly. Don't always do it. But I do intentionally attend to that over and over and over again. And I promise you it gets easier and easier and easier and easier. You'll also hear me have more of a potty mouth if you work with me in person. I've been made aware that there are people out there that let their children listen to some of the episodes. So I try to keep it maybe a little cleaner than I naturally am. Our mistakes are an opportunity. My mistakes are an opportunity for me to show you humanity and to show myself that humanity, to model. I think the world changes when more of us understand these concepts, when more of us understand our humanity and start passing that down to younger generations. So few of us have received this kind of human training because of unchecked ego problems that flow down our family trees. When we do this work, we break those cycles. And we are responsible for those cycles continuing or breaking. So this is very brave work. This is work that our egos do not want to do. That's why when you look around at the bigger world and see these big giant egos that don't take responsibility in big business and politics, that it's so mind-blowing. Egos resist the vulnerability of ownership. So if you feel guilty for snapping at your kids or snapping at your spouse or snapping at someone you love or care about or even being short and testy with yourself, I hope this episode Reconnects you with the humanity of that, with the inevitability of that, and allows to give yourself some grace while you help yourself learn how to own this, with your head held high, and never forgetting the opportunity and the uncomfortableness of these moments. And supporting yourself in how courageous you are to sit with it in the uncomfortableness to do parenting or a relationship or a friendship differently than anybody modeled with you, this is exactly the spot where we evolve or not. And I don't know about you, but I'm here to evolve. I'm so relieved to know that my mistakes aren't proof of my brokenness, that mistakes are actually proof of my humanity and an invitation to continue to evolve. I want to invite you to come find us on our social media. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. And if you found us on social media, remember that you can come find us on any podcast player or on our website, emotionalbadass.com, where you can find every episode and our store. Thank you all so much for listening and for sharing the show. Y'all are really our marketing team, and I can't thank you enough. A day does not go by where someone does not ping us somewhere saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. I didn't know. I was highly sensitive. And that is because of how y'all share different episodes. Every time something impacts you, you pass it along. Thank you for doing that for yourself, for the people in your world, and just for the sake of spreading it. What an interesting thing. We're trying not to spread (laughs) this virus, but we are spreading this podcast Thank you from the bottom of my heart. I want to send out a huge light and love to all of you. Be good to yourselves. Kind, generous, and compassionate. And remember that all things pass. I'm an emotional badass. You're an emotional badass. And together, we are where Moxie meets mindful. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.
1: dot com.